0: I'm going to admit it, I don't always love my body. Sometimes it comes in waves. I'll be super proud of the progress I've made. 10,000 plus steps, some more regimented routine, prioritizing fruits and veggies, maybe even a little bit more protein. But other times, especially after I've had a weekend of delicious but more indulgent food choices, I can look at the flabs and extra skin all over my body and obsess on how very little I look like the ideal image I thought I would look like. And the older I get, the more I see how difficult it is for my body to change from starting diets every Monday to trying to run a half marathon to lose weight and attempting some pretty unsustainable habits. Sometimes it feels like it will be impossible to love my body the way that it is and that I have to live up to a standard that probably isn't possible for me. And that's really not fine, is it? Hey, I'm Rachel and this is the It's Fine Podcast. I am talking with Tina Naidu. She's an NASM certified personal trainer and nutrition coach. On this episode, we'll talk about Tina's journey to learning to love her own body, how other people's opinions about our bodies shouldn't determine if we love ours or not, and some tips for building body neutrality and positivity, even when you have goals to change your body. Tina has such a fun energy on how to love and feel confident in your body. Are you ready? Let's get into it fun fact, we are kind of related by marriage, (laughs) many degrees. So like, welcome to being Indian. But you know, you're always just one to two degrees connected to somebody when you're Indian. So my cousin is married to, I guess your cousin, right? Your cousin-in-law? Yeah, cousin-in-law because it's my husband's cousin. Right. So multiple layers of cousins, right? And I actually have been following Tina for quite a while. So Tina is known on Instagram as fit to frolic. I was following her on Instagram and kind of keeping up with her fitness advice so she provides really great content around how to be physically healthy as well as recipes that are kind of Daisy inspired right and so uh, my cousin ended up having a bunch of dances for her wedding and I got these videos from a dance instructor right on WhatsApp and I was like oh my god I know this woman I've seen her before lo and behold Fit to frolic happened to be my cousin's new cousin and also my dance instructor for this wedding. So Tina and I have been, you know, kind of connected through multiple layers. And I'm so glad to have her here to talk a little bit about her fitness journey and her connection to helping people navigate their health and wellness. So Tina, thanks for joining us.
1: Yeah, and thank you. i was always humble when someone like actually asks me about my journey or like wants to know my story or like advice or whatever. You know, it's, it's just such a humbling feeling just because I never thought I would be at a state where I would be talking to people about this journey.
0: Absolutely. Tell us right off the bat, why did you choose to be a fitness and nutrition coach?
1: I was born in Bombay and I moved to Texas when I was 14 years old. So throughout my childhood in Bombay, you know, I was considered an overweight kid. I don't know if it's just, you know, the way people talk in India, or maybe it's just a generation two where I was overweight. It was made known every single day that I was overweight, right? Whether it was, you know, like, and uh, we speak Hindi back in uh, Bombay, we were speaking Hindi mo- mostly, and people would say moti, which is like, in Hindi means fat, right? So like the nickname moti, like stuck, whether it was like family, friends, or just, you know, that, just a normal conversation. And I'm thinking this is normal, right? Like, this is what happens when you're... Fat or overweight. And then I was learning dance. So I, w- I did Bird not Damn, And then after Bird not Damn, I did Bollywood and hip hop. And during this Bollywood hip hop, there used to be like these stage shows where you had to wear a certain kind of clothes where maybe, you know, not fitting for like a person who's overweight. But I was a kid. Like, I don't know better. I do that. And I remember someone saying, Oh, that fat kid can dance. Immediately wow. thinking, Oh, I need to be a certain size. Maybe to be able to dance, right? Like, I mean, I'm a kid. Yeah. I don't know. I think these are like layers that I, I think I had to unpack much later in life. Then I moved to Texas, to a smaller town in Texas. From Bombay, moving to Texas was like, where am big I? Like, sh- is this America? <laughs> <laughs> big, very big culture shock. <laughs> I was like, and Bombay is like buildings and you know, like it's it's this very city city life. And then I'm like in Amarillo, Texas, where I'm like, wait, I th- in my head, it's like New York City is America, right? Anyways, now I'll go to school here. And I think people don't look like me or maybe not talk like me don't dress like me. So I already had a low self-esteem with like the overweight part of it. And now coming here, people didn't look like me. And I, I just had that, I think, internal struggle. As a teenager, you're already kind of figuring yourself out. I had that internal struggle. So my journey, the reason I kind of gave you a little backstory here is my journey started because I wanted to be skinny. I wanted to be a certain size because that's what society told me. Like You have to be a certain size to be accepted. Or to be loved or to be able to dance or to be able to do anything, right? So I think it started right. from the itch of like I wanna wear that cute outfit, I wanna look like that certain girl, I wanna be a certain size. That's what brings me happiness, right? That right. such a sad thing to think like as a 14-year-old or 15-year-old or 16-year-old, because it took a while for me to kind of get there. I thought that way. So started going to work out and then like I would tell my mom, like, okay, I can't eat this, like cutting off food groups, thinking like our Indian foods or South Asian meals or see food is not good for you, like cutting out meals, but still eating certain things, cutting out rice. Just nobody guided me on this. It was just my decision to like go that route because that's what I heard. That's what I knew. And yes, I lost a lot of weight like within a six-month period I lost a lot of weight but I don't think it was sustainable right like I lost sure. it and then I started realizing like how do you cut out food groups that you grew up eating how yeah. do you spend hours at the gym like that's not the solution and so there has to be something else to it so and when I even got to that certain size which I thought like was gonna make make me happy I wasn't happy because it yeah. wasn't it wasn't the size and I think that's where like there was that pivotal moment where it's like it wasn't why was I chasing because I was never happy even after a certain size I was like no I want to be skinny I want to be skinnier I realized I was chasing after a certain size versus just you know being being happy and healthy and having a sustainable lifestyle is different than like chasing after that size
0: I can definitely resonate and I'm sure you know definitely in Indian culture but I imagine in many other cultures right You know, you become a certain size and are predisposed to a certain size or, you know, you grow up eating certain kinds of food. But I really feel for you when you said like, you know, being labeled as like the chubby kid or the fat kid or the overweight child. Let's talk a little bit about like your journey to skinny, because like I feel like (laughs) that's kind of like the first The first thing that we say, right? I've even caught myself saying that, right? Like, I want to be skinny, right? Like, can you define like what that means? Like, I want to be skinny, right? For you personally, right? What motivated you and like defined skinny for you? Like, were there certain archetypes? Were there certain people? Like, what does that even mean, right? Like, how do I become (laughs) skinny? I'm only asking you that because I feel like every woman I meet, myself included, I'm like, I want to be skinny, right? Can you talk a little bit about what skinny meant to you? And I'm happy to tell you a little bit of what skinny meant to me. (laughs) Yeah,
1: I'm actually interested in knowing that. Such a great question because as a 16, 17 year old, I have no idea what skinny meant to me. I just knew I had to like lose weight and fit into like a certain outfit, right? Or a certain size. I was like, oh, I want to be like size zero, size two, because that's kind of what you heard. So yeah, back then. That was skinny for me. I was like, okay, I need to be that certain size. Now it's more because social media plays a huge role now. Maybe back then it wasn't. But you would, if you saw like a Bollywood movie, like when did you ever see someone that had, you know, a meat on them? <laughs> like, right? <laughs> so I think like that's one thing that's like, I, and I, you know, me being a Bollywood fan, I know like this is, this is an issue here. So I think sure. like seeing those actresses, like wearing certain outfits, like that was for me, like, oh, this is skinny. Like they're, they're happy. They're so happy. They're, you know, they're like dancing around in the fields <laughs> or frolicking. around. Right. They're getting around. the like... guys,
0: you know, <laughs> they're getting all the opportunities. They're having all the fun. No, So I think we had a little bit of a different childhood, right? Because I grew up in the yeah. States, right? I was born and raised in Seattle, Washington. And so for me, I, I feel that skinny really was just like looking at the at the other people around me, which I mean, to be quite frank, like the majority of people around me were predominantly white, mm. Asian, right? Like these were different kinds of body types, right? They were, they were yeah. never my Indian body type, right? My family is from Kerala, right? So there's a specific body type for folks who are in Kerala. And then that there's a range of body types, right? I think the same yeah. might be for you in the part of India that you were from, right? And like, it, it's almost like there wasn't an appreciation for how our bodies are just kind of designed to be different, right? And and it kind of leads me to you know, as you work with your clients and even within yourself, right? You know, you mentioned a little bit about moving away from this idea of being skinny, right? What has health and fitness been redefined for you now as you are a coach and as you kind of evolved as an adult and walk through some of these challenges with your body?
1: Yeah, I'll probably give you an instance here. The reason I say this is years ago, we were at a party. Some, someone walked in, I, I didn't know this person, but it was like a friend's friend, some someone. And I remember mm-hmm. like they walked in and everyone was like, oh my God, like you've lost so much weight. You look great. Come a few years down, you know, later we found out that she actually had a disordered issue. And so what happened is by people saying, hey, you look great, it validated the disordered eating for herself. I think that's when I realized like how a person, if you see a person skinny, it doesn't mean healthy right away, Right. There could be so much underlying issues, whether it's disordered eating again, like this could be triggering. I just want to make disclaimer like this yeah. can be triggering for some people. This happens more often than we know where people, you know, are are going through some kind of disordered eating or depression or anything else. And they may be going in their life that may be causing that weight loss. But we validated that, hey, if you continue on this journey, you're going to lose weight. And that's great. So we validate that. So as a society, we start thinking that way. I think that's when I realized that being a certain size doesn't mean healthy. You could have all these underlying health issues. So yes, for me right now, it's more about like, you know, going on a walk. And am I able to go on longer walks? Can I can I run longer? Can I lift heavier? Can I feel stronger? Am I able to dance for a longer period of time and feel good, right? Like more of like the functional part of life where Or like, you know, it's funny I was talking about, like when you're lifting suitcases and like putting it overhead, like those are all the functionalities of life. Am I able to do that? Am I also able to like eat a balanced meal and know that, hey, hopefully I'm able to control my sugar or like, you know, prevent myself from heart diseases. I don't know what the outcome is going to be, but I can control my habits to get there. So I think that changed, like that skinny, the body type changed. Like, I don't think a body type defines if you're healthy or not. I realized mm-hmm. that you can be at any size, you can still be healthy because there's other things in your life that you are progressing in. And um, that's kind of what it got redefined is more of the wellness part of it, the more health part of it. Am I sleeping enough? Am I happy? Am I happy with what I'm doing? You know, less stress maybe like that. I feel like the health and wellness part. From a body type, it went to a health and wellness part of life.
0: I imagine now that as you're working with different folks, right, you mentioned a little bit about for even in your own personal journey, right, like you were a certain smaller size at one point in your journey. And, you know, you kind of mentioned like that didn't necessarily make you happy, right? I look at the way I achieved my goal, but it didn't necessarily mean that you were living the life in which you were the, the happiest that you could be. Do you have thoughts about why? that might be or, you know, kind of even what you kind of reflected on when you became that like skinny size that you were looking to become?
1: So the great part was everyone was like complimenting me, right? Like now I was never used to that. Like, Oh, you've lost so much weight. You look great. If you go like I would I would go to like parties or like to events. Can you imagine like having some good food out there, but like scared about every little Piece mm-hmm. that touched your mouth and thinking you're gonna you gonna, you know gain an inch or two I mean that is not a good feeling like restricting yourself to a point where you're like oh even if I have a bite of this I'm gonna gain weight or like if I ate something the next day I thought I had to like burn up these calories and be like in the gym for hours right so that you know if you think back like that is that is such a sinking feeling to feel like you can't eat properly or you you know you you just can't live life that wasn't joy (laughs) that wasn't happy like you show up to these things and you're not able to enjoy it to the fullest now also if you think back like when I look back at some of those pictures at that point I was like oh no I want to like keep losing weight or whatever right but I look back I was like what was I thinking and to think back and I always say like you don't want to be 10 years down the line look back at these pictures or events be like I didn't have fun because I was worried about the food instead of worrying about the people that I was with and having fun with them. The
0: unfortunate thing about becoming obsessed with the external, I think the thing that's really sticking out to me is that that journey to skinny is really, one, all about what everybody else thinks about you Mm -hmm. and two, impacting your ability to really have like deep relationships with people around you, right? Because you're obsessing over, you know, will I be able to eat, you know, this food? Or will I be able to really enjoy these experiences? Have that slice of cake, right? You know, have that glass of wine when you're interacting with folks, right? It just limits you from really being able to have deep connection. That to me has always been the challenge about trying to attain to a certain size. It almost feels like it can inhibit you from living the life that you want to live right? But I think there's also kind of opportunities like you were mentioning to think about how can you actually move in the direction of having a sustainable health and fitness journey that ultimately yeah. helps you feel good, but also let you live as limitless of a life as possible. As you're working with your with your clients, what's the advice that you recommend for folks to start thinking about that sustainable fitness and nutrition journey? I
1: think you summarize it really well. It's like what I was thinking as well at that point it was others opinions and the journey was fueled by others opinions so in and in the health mindset coaching that i did too there's a way to recognize extrinsic motivation and intrinsic motivation right so the extrinsic extrinsic motivation comes from others opinions of what you should look like and you know that could fuel your journey you could you know start on your journey just because oh this auntie or uncle said something about me like Okay, that, that's, that's projection of their thoughts. But like you you as a human being like, okay, I need to do something about it. It can only get you so far. What happens after that? If you have the intrinsic motivation where it right, comes from within, like you want to do this for yourself, not anyone else, that gets you much further ahead in life. And that's a much more joyful experience because you're not proving it to anyone else. You're proving it to yourself that I want to do this for myself. This fills my cup. So I think that was a great point where you you mentioned like, other's opinions versus your own opinion. And so that's exactly the concept that we try to do when it's uh, the clients, right? A lot of clients come to us, maybe they've had a history of like a little yo-yo dieting and binge eating cycle or going through these phases where it's a diet and restriction. So a lot of people do come with this thing, like they are picking apart every part of their body, right? So the first part is understanding like, Yes, maybe you don't have to practice body positivity, but you can practice body neutrality. So you can be neutral about the body. You can be like, this is my body. This is what it is. But hey, at least it got me through pandemic. It got me through some tough times in life. It got me through whatever it is. You know, I mean, there's so many things that people go through that we don't even know. It got you through all that and you're still here and your body, you know, survived all of that. So appreciate your body for what it's done. And you can still be okay with what goals you have, but don't come from a place where it's like you're picking apart every little inch of your body. Be happy with how you are and be okay with the journey that you're about to embark. And I think that makes it a little bit better. So that's the first thing we try to shift that mindset. What are the tips
0: to get to that place? Because I actually think that alone is probably super tough for a lot of people. I'll go through moments where i'm like oh i feel really good and like i feel strong right but then i overindulge, right over a weekend or a sort of it, and then i start yeah. picking apart like oh like my stomach looks like this my neck looks like this you know all these different things right what yeah. are some of the things that you do to help get folks from picking apart their body to body kind of neutrality or even body positivity
1: yeah, no, great question. There, there are a few little like activities that we do around this, and I'm not gonna say like overnight things are gonna change. It just takes a little bit of implementation and a little effort from that client to be able to practice that every so often. But one of the activities I really like is like I tell them, okay, t- list all the negative things that you are saying about your body, and now let's practice reframing that. So let's say if someone says, oh, my tummy area, like it, you know, I have a bulge here." And let's say if it's a mom, right? Like the, the thing we say, I gave birth to a beautiful human being and my, this midsection area is actually what was able to house that human being for so long. So yeah. that's one of the things. So that, that shift It's now like, wow, I gave birth to a human being. You know, my body went through that. So that's one thing. Or if someone says like, oh, my arms look too big, but hey, if you're working out, you can say my arms are stronger now than it used to be, right? So reframing those thoughts. So like one is list out all the negative stuff and then reframe those thoughts. That takes a little bit of practice. The other part, which I love, is we have these little journal prompts and we have them go through this exercise just to kind of see, you know, where their mindset's at. One of the things it says is, list 10 things that you love about yourself that doesn't have to do anything with your body so it could be anything with your personality you know how strong you are whatever it is it's so hard because everyone has a hard time listing 10 things they like stop at three but you have to list like 10 things about another friend you have a whole list First. so it's hard so it's something we have to practice like hey no like you are loyal you're faithful or whatever it is like list yeah. those 10 things by yourself and then we talk about list five things your friends love about you that's not relating to your body that's when a little click happens when they realize your friends don't love you for the way you look or your body size. Your family doesn't love you for your body size. They love you for who you are. They're not your friends because, oh, you look a certain way. I hope you're not. I mean, I hope no one is because a person looks a certain way. They enjoy your company. They enjoy what you do for them. And that's why they're friends. I think when that click happens, they realize that that number on the scale of the body type is like one thing in their life. It doesn't define them and it should not define them. There's so much more to them than that body type. So I think the, there's like different little practices, journaling, prompts, gratitude list, reframing thoughts. That so takes a little bit of effort there.
0: Yeah. And I love that because it has nothing to do with your body. Like, Like literally the starting place is like, how can I kind of reframe my thoughts to one just appreciate my body I imagine a lot of people come to you for like these big life moment body changes right I imagine a lot of you know postpartum moms or Uh, you know even folks who are trying to get ready for like a wedding and things like that again this all comes down to like externally how folks are seen or how they feel they're being seen despite how incredibly wonderful it is that you know you get married and somebody you know Hopefully your partner loves you for the size that you are today. He yeah. doesn't expect you or he or she doesn't expect you to be a certain size by the wedding date or they're done. I loved what you said about like the body and and, and what a, a woman can do, like carrying somebody mm-hmm. and how much gratitude we should have for the things that our bodies can do because yeah ultimately i think the reframe that has to happen culturally right is that we need to appreciate that our bodies can walk us around many of us are able-bodied and and many who are not right who aren't able to do as the things that you know someone who might be able-bodied can right so just really learning to appreciate yourself and coming to you know first to that point of like mindfulness or like that wellness that comes both from your mind to begin that journey what would you say is important for someone then you know let's say they've kind of gone through this journey of like okay I've come to a at least body neutrality what would be the step that you would say then in order to make like big body changes what are the kind of key things that you would highlight to someone who is looking to make that kind of change
1: yeah I think body neutrality it's something they continue practicing. So that's like yeah. maybe the first step for some people. It may not be the first step because it takes a few steps to get to that part. But I think the most important thing is understanding. I think some people actually think that they have to spend hours at the gym to achieve certain body types. And no, there's there's a component of nutrition and workouts and movement together that combines all of this. So I think the main, main thing is educating them on the nutrition end of like things you can Still continue eating, not having the restriction mindset. Or like, I think the first thing is when people come in and think carbs are the enemy. And I think <laughs> I feel like that's always the first thing is like carbs are not the enemy. Carbs actually fuel your <laughs> body. You require carbs to be able to go for your workouts, to so able to, you know, have, have have an active lifestyle. So I think sure. understanding the nutrition component, understanding that your workouts don't have to be hour hours long. And I think the main thing is what a lot of people come in and they say, well, you know, like 10 years or five years ago, I lost so much weight and I was doing this, this, this. I said, yeah, you're not the same person you were five years ago. Your lifestyle's not the same five years ago. Your schedule's not the same that it was five years ago. Like if I think about it, if I was in grad school, I was walking to classes, lecture rooms, between labs and stuff, I would go like workout, come back home. I was constantly walking and moving. I don't do that now. Like my work lifestyle is a little bit different. I don't have so many hours to give in a day. So I think understanding that don't compare that five years ago of like what you did and lost weight to now, because your circumstances are different. You're in a different season of your life. So I think that's, that's, a, that's the main part for them to understand you are a different season of your life. And maybe this is also temporary. If you're going through something, it's temporary. It's not always going to be the same. Just know it's a season of your life and in different seasons, your body looks a little bit different. So I think accepting that as important, understanding the component of nutrition, fitness, together is important and that find something that you can consistently do because what happens they commit to a lot of things like okay i'm gonna work out five days a week is that realistic for you so finding something that you can consistently do so even if it's two days of workouts or three days of workouts can you consistently do that? Then great. You don't need to do five days. Can you add a little bit of movement throughout the day, whether it is like walking outside, whether it is walking to a store? If if you're in Texas, that's not possible. You drive everywhere. But if you are somewhere where you can walk somewhere, or you know, you go to grocery stores, walk up and down the aisle, park further away from entrances, take the take the stairs instead of the elevator. There's little things. I think I think the main component is, is finding something in this season of your life that you you can consistently do and not keep comparing yourself to something you did in the past
0: you know it isn't really fine right to want to determine or define your body image and your love of your body based on what one others might say of you or what how you think others perceive you because Tina I think you said so beautifully that like you know the people who love you the most right the people who are in your corner are not there we hope because of the size or the way that you look, right, and like yeah. who can help you navigate through those different changes, and and ultimately, you know, I think what's really powerful about like the the methods that you shared is that it's ultimately about how can you build a life that is actually. Giving you the sustainable results that you want and can live so that you're ultimately healthy, you feel strong, and that you feel good in your body. And I think everyone's long term goal should be to build some type of healthy lifestyle, right? Or to incorporate, like, as Tina mentioned, like those
1: small habits, the non negotiables. You hear this a lot you're like, oh, I fell off the wagon, or I got back on the wagon, or, Oh, I fell off the back. And what we try to harp is this is not a wagon, it's think of it as a dial. So, Every day we show up to whatever capacity we can. It's maybe maybe not 100%, but what it is, it's not 0%. It's something more than zero. So for example, I always tell my clients, think of like in front of you, you have a nutrition dial, you have a fitness dial, and let's say you have a self-care dial. Just as an example, self-care. Throwing that in there because it comes in self-love, right? Yeah. So think of like, okay, your nutrition dial may just be dialed down. It's not completely zero is just dial down your fitness maybe dial down dial up so figure out when you need to dial it up and dial it down don't think of it as a wagon because if you fall off you're like oh i fell off and it's it's that guilt and all of that comes in like
0: you're not going to love your body every single day but when you kind of shift your frame of thinking around you know this is something though i can control i can show up to how i'm going to love my body or love my whole self today by dialing in on self-care like sometimes you know i'm somebody who like you know, because of this need to have to work out all the time. Right. Like I don't take breaks, but what my body sometimes need is for me to dial back on yeah. the fitness. Right. And really focus on like bedding on the couch to just be able to yeah. be there for myself in that way. Right. I think that ultimately in our loving our body journey is really learning how to listen to yourself, to be like present in your body and to know that, what others think about you doesn't define you. It's how you feel about yourself and how you show up to, pr- to love yourself in that way. Well, Tina, I'm yeah. so glad that you are able to join us. I'm so thankful to you to share your experiences and just really talk so candidly about your own journey, about how you've kind of got into this place of sustainable and healthy living. I know, body image is one of those things that is easier said than done. Like for example, I just ate two little mini butt cakes and I feel awful about it. Many of us are holding up society, our families, cultures, maybe even our partners, expectations about our bodies, and the way we look to be the end-all be-all for how we learn to love our own skin. Now, I'm always going to be a huge advocate for building healthy and sustainable practices. Like I work out all the time, and I try my best to be as healthy as possible. But leaning into the noise of everyone's opinions and perspectives of the way we look doesn't make it easy to love yourself and your skin. And if there's anything I've learned in this life, one comment about you, one person's opinion about you does not and should not define you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for being with me today. It means the absolute world that you would spend time listening to this podcast. Share this podcast with anyone who you think could benefit from the message of not settling for fine anymore. Share it with your sister, your cousin, your friend, your mom, your dog, your partner, I don't care. I would love to get the word out about why we don't have to settle for fine anymore. I can't wait to see you again next week. Talk soon.